I rub my finger along the envelope's triangle flap. It was sealed all along the V, except for a small gap at each corner. I pull the letter off the pile and down into my lap under the table. No one saw. Everyone had their own work. I slid the tip of my smallest finger into the puffed-up right corner. The printer stopped. It had been spitting pages for thirty minutes. Without the noise of its grinding and rolling as background, a rip would scream. I have to leave, I said, standing up. It's important to explain abrupt movements. I have an appointment. I pushed the letter into my bag, then threaded my arm through the handles to shut the bag between my ribs and upper arm. I always sit at the end of the table so I can't be trapped or nudged. Table legs touching mine are completely different from someone else's knee. But today, someone had already been in place at the end of the table, with papers spread out for sorting. Not only had I been made to sit along the side, I had to sit well in. Then she made her stacks, creating space again, space that got filled before I noticed it. Trevor had sat down next to me. Now he leaned onto his chair's two back legs. There was no way past. I waited, bouncing my elbow against my bag. Oh, sorry, he said and pulled his chair in. I squeezed past, holding my breath. The back of my skirt rubbed against the windowsill. The tips of his dark hair brushed against my shirt buttons. I popped out into the small open space next to the copier. The door was only five feet away. If I lay down across the carpet, I would push it open with the top of my head. That's how close it was. But Lucy squatted in front of the filing cabinet, blocking the door. She did it deliberately. Lucy, Trevor hissed. She looked up, and he stifled a laugh. She closed the drawer and stood, but was still right there. I turned sideways so I didn't graze any of her body as I opened the door. I was unobstructed from there. The corridor was empty. The receptionist in the entrance never speaks to me. I charged outside into the courtyard and stopped. The spring sunlight was so bright that I closed my eyes, and the letter crinkled against an apple in my bag. A hand came down on my shoulder. I shimmied to throw it off. Too close, too close. I snapped my eyes open. George is a big man. I took a step back. Uh, Matty, he said. Where are you going? He rocked from one foot to the other. What? I said. Another step. My heel hit the bottom step behind me. Matty, I was coming in to get you. It's your father. He's had another heart attack. He's been taken to hospital. I should bring you the hospital. It would be full of people. There would be rules I don't know. No, I said. We'll stop by your house first. We can pick up some things for him too. He reached out and I smacked his hand. The contact shocked me. I don't like to have to do that. He made two fists at his sides. I retreated up the steps back into the registrar's reception area. Would you tell him to leave me alone, please? I said to the woman at the desk. 
I stood sideways to her facing a wall, but she knew I was talking to her. George followed me. Her father's been taken to Addenbrooke's, he explained. He's Dr. Oliver from astronomy. Miss, the receptionist asked, asking me if it was true or if I cared. I don't have to go, I said. There isn't a rule. No, there isn't, she said. She lifted the phone as if she might call security. Or not. It was up to George. He rocked back and forth again. He pushed air out of his mouth. He turned and left.